DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Dylan Colley on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Dylan Colley, how happy are you? I am uh, pretty enthused. It was a decent weekend, to say the least. What'd you guys do? Not as much praying and fasting as you. I remember your prediction, and I thought during that game, I thought, look at him go. He hasn't eaten since he was on the radio. Yeah, exactly. Starved myself. I saw those two interceptions and thought, Dylan's been working it. First rain, then a BYU victory. What are you people up to next? Exactly. Don't ever question it. <laughs> so what was the to you the most impressive part of that win? The one thing that, aside from the win, and you want to beat your rival, but I know you want the rest of the season to go really well too, and you saw it and you thought, if they can do that, then it's going to be really good going forward. Yeah, I, I mean, you kind of... Uh, you look at the way the offensive line played and the kind of just dominance up front, um, and it's hard not to think, hey, this group of guys up front led by James Empey, if they continue to do what they did throughout the entire season, it's going to be very, very difficult to beat BYU. Um, and, you know, with that foundation, obviously everything just kind of fell into place with the rest of it, right? And, you know, the, the running backs were able to run at 100 miles an hour downhill and make contact, you know, a yard, two yards past the line, which is, is absolutely critical. And so those little things just don't happen without without the offensive line, that, you know, uh, in the way that they play. So I'm stepping back after they won on Sunday thinking, you know, what are we going to talk about and how do we put this in perspective and the one thing that came to my mind is the maturity of the program. And what I mean by that, you got Kalani Sitake's in his sixth year, and so he's a first-time head coach. You got uh, Tuiaki, defensive coordinator, first-time defensive coordinator. He's in his sixth year. You got a bunch of guys on the defensive staff, Ed Lamb, uh, General Guilford. Those guys have been there for a while. Offensively, after two years, they go and make significant changes. Obviously, they bring in Jeff Grimes; he takes off. But they bring in Fessy Zatake, who'd been a coordinator at Weber. They've been in A Rod, who'd been a coordinator at Utah. So all of a sudden, now you got all sorts of experience. Plus, we know with LDS guys, they go on missions. Maybe it takes a year for them to get the body back. So the point being that it's going to take a few years. It's not like every most every other program in the country. You sign somebody, you bring them in in the following season, and then he's ready to go, if not then, by the next year. At BYU, it takes two to three, maybe even four years. Mm-hmm. Look at Jaron Hall in his fourth year. So the point I'm making is that this is where the program is at, and it took some time to get there. Now, with that in mind, you can see that, but do you think the program has arrived now to where, okay, we've got it because now you'll send kids out to do their mission, but you also get kids back now, so the cycle will be what it is, and we should expect, especially with Big 12 membership, the program going forward to be able to win consistently. 
Yeah, I, I, I arrived. I don't know if that is, is the right mindset yet. I think there's probably another, you know, depending on how consistent they say this season and then going into next season, I, that type of success will truly determine the future. Are they, is the momentum better than it has been in obviously, you know, probably a decade plus? 100%. And I think they're in a extremely, extremely good place to kind of catapult themselves into that discussion where it is, hey, BYU's going to win consistently, you know, for the next 10, 15 years because of the talent that, you know, we'll expect to have. Uh, due to, you know, obviously the maturity in the program, due to the announcement of, of the Big 12 and, and all those pieces. And so um, arrived, probably not. Uh, headed there and, and doing it quickly, absolutely. It was it was a very fast two-year turnaround. And and what we've seen has happened, you know, probably quicker than most, most programs in regards to where they were at and now where they're headed. So it sounds like you're taking a little bit of a wait-and-see attitude. So with Arizona State coming in, are you a little worried that that big emotional win, there's going to be a letdown and you're going to be slamming on the brakes by Saturday night? No, and I think that goes back to the maturity, right? I think if there was one opportunity, like I said the week before, this win determines really what goes forward. Um, and you know, ultimately there is going to be no greater pressure that outside sources put on Jaron and put on the BYU team uh, than, you know, what they've had this last week, right? Everybody wanted them, especially from, right, the the northern side, even though it's not a rivalry to them, right? Everybody from the northern side wanted BYU, the momentum to come to a halt Saturday night, and that's what was expected. And so to have somebody like Jaron who's never started in this game, never played in this game, to come in and show the patience, right, show the maturity that he did, I mean, there isn't going to be a tougher mental task put on him the rest of this season. Unless, right, now I'm not getting ahead of myself here, unless they went out and are looking at, you know, vying for a playoff option, only because, right, that is a, a potential step. You know what I'm saying? So the rest of the season, he's able to look back and say, okay, I got through that and look at how I did it, right? Now he just kind of has a clear path to use it as, you know, that foundation and, and stepping stone to, to start, you know, taking baby steps even higher. I'm interested to know what you think about the Big 12 membership and what that can do. The way I look at it is that there's going to be, uh, particularly in the West, a fair amount of kids who are going to want to go to BYU because they're because it is BYU. They're of the uh, religious aff- affiliation. I look at your brother Austin, who was a big-time player, mm-hmm. could have gone to a number of schools, obviously played in the NFL, but he wanted to BYU for you know, football and probably the religious connection. So they'll get those kids. But how about the possibility of expanding to maybe get some other kids and really make a difference in a program? Uh, it's going to be – it is going to be absolutely huge. I think the main name you look at in the past and you say, okay, what's the potential, right, is is Jamal, is Jamal Williams. Uh, kid from Fontana, right, came in, non-member, um, and really took hold of the BYU culture, right, and said, hey, I'm not going to 
really conform. There is not this, there might be some pressure to, right, especially almost 10 years ago, but I'm going to be myself and watch me succeed. And so you use that and you see kind of the guys um, that, uh, you know, are willing, right? Five-star, four-star guys that even before the Big 12 membership this past couple of years are saying, yeah, BYU is a place to be. And now that momentum is only going to carry. And I talk about momentum because right now I don't think that there's a program, uh, you know, within, you know, outside of maybe, you know, the, the other power fives and the SEC teams, right? But when you talk about momentum in recruiting, BYU has probably the most, most momentum going forward because of the Big 12. And then you look at guys that are willing and wanting to play at a program that has, you know, a winning culture, and that's where they're headed. A program that's in a power five, and that's where they're headed. A program that has, you know, unbelievable swag and partnerships with some of the largest companies in the world, one of the best Nike partnerships in the world, right? You take those three things and you give that to an 18-year-old kid, it's, uh, it's a shoe-in, right? No matter what is happening outside of that, those three things are going to carry recruiting for a very long time. And then you look at the values of the school, uh, and it's the same thing that happened for Nicole Williams, Jamal's mom. And she said, I want my son to be here. And so all of those things kind of lined up, and then you end up having, right, in my opinion, the greatest running back in BYU history. Dylan Colley joining us, former BYU wide receiver. Everything's coming up roses. You sound very positive right now. Are there any potholes you see going forward? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's always going to be, you know, how does everybody respond, right? Or how long can you stay on cloud nine and what's your mindset moving forward? It goes back to, are we looking at it as a foundational thing or are we looking at it as, oh, we're already at the top? And it can be difficult with all of the hype and with everything and the notoriety, right, and the attention. It's kind of difficult to look at it as, hey, we're just getting started. People can say it but how do we actually mean it, right? And so the, the big question is going to be how does this team, you know, look at it as, hey, we still have a long way to climb, even though we're going to get there together, right, and we have a really good opportunity to, we can't fall off thinking that this is the top of it, right, because we're only two games into the season. So that's, that's hands down my biggest worry. About the Nakua brothers, what they bring, you know, there was a little bit of trash talking, taking off the helmets. That's something we normally see in Provo, but is that something that's actually needed? Uh, absolutely. I mean, you look at you look at the other guys that have brought that type of mentality. You look at the mentality that Max and Austin brought to the game. You look at the mentality that Jamal brought to the game, right? There's this chip on the shoulder and confidence knowing Hey, we really we can't be stopped, and and you're gonna you're gonna have to stop me because I'm not stopping right myself. And so, what Puka and Samson did Saturday, Puka right coming in doing what he did, expected necessary right to play that physical. That's why he is the highly touted receiver that he is, and that's why he's going to be unbelievably successful. What Samson did on Saturday, even outside of the play, to mentally break down that team, right? That he really did. He, he left, okay, for obviously 
different reasons that we, you know, can assume and say, hey, yep, you wanted to go play at BYU. But the reaction that you, the teammates were giving him, right, kind of that, hey, you're being cut off, the friendship, the loyalty, and then to have him come back and do what he did, right, and then to kind of open it up, I don't think people understand how difficult that is for someone and for an entire team to take, right? And I think that was a huge part of kind of that mental dominance that BYU had on Saturday simply because of what Samson was doing to his whole team. And, you know, are there moments where it can become a little much? Sure. But ultimately, right, those penalties and and that kind of, you know, uh, that mentality that that those two dudes had, and especially Samson and what he was able to kind of do to his old team, um, that's the type of mentality that needs to be carried the rest of the season. So what's your level of confidence for being Arizona State? Both teams are 2-0. and Both teams are ranked. Whoever loses this, that's early in the season and kind of disappear off the national radar. But if you win this at 3-0, and a little higher ranked, it sets the stage for the next thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're going up against a very, very similar team to Utah, right? And, and then being in the Pac-12, I think that there is going to be a little bit of a, hey, these guys – you know, like I said, Saturday night, these guys think that they have a place in the Pac-12. Um, and so they're, you know, obviously a very athletic team. They're extremely well coached. Uh, I think they're one of those teams that's starting to turn a corner in terms of momentum in the same way that the UAU has. And so, you know, you have uh, the opportunity to really kind of close out uh, a solid three weeks. Um, you know, I... I do believe that BYU is in the best position to win, um, especially with it being back at Lavelle Stadium uh, and kind of the energy that was brought this last weekend. I, I think that continues on, um, and you know it, it's obviously going to be a very good game. But uh, I think I think BYU is in the driver's seat. So the last time BYU fans stormed the field, and I had no problem with them doing it. It's fun. It's college, so you know, go ahead and do it. <laughs> was uh, September fourteenth. Uh, 2019 against SC, right? You remember that game was in uh-huh. overtime. Yeah. And the point I'm getting to is that it's such emotion expense, expended as it was uh, Saturday night. And then I'm looking at the schedule right now, and then they lose the next three weeks. Uh, Washington handled them at home, and then they go to Toledo and South mm-hmm. Florida and lose. So what's your level of concern on carryover emotionally? Yeah, there's, I mean, once again, right, you go back to the level of the maturity of the team. The USC win, right, did that deserve a, a storming of the field? Probably not. Um, and so, you know, the, the leadership and the guys that are, are here now have been there long enough to see that they've lost those three games after last USC win, right? Uh like I said, is it something to worry about? Absolutely, right? Because it's a matter of what your mindset is and where your vision's at. Is it a foundational win or is it the cloud nine? And if you're already at cloud nine, then everything else you're kind of looking down as, you know, hey, it doesn't really matter. Whereas I believe the program is in a position, especially with the coaches in place now, that, hey, it's a foundational win, and we go up from here. And so that energy from the team needs to be kind of shown throughout the season. It doesn't matter really what the fans do, 
right? The fans are going to be obnoxious. The fans are going to do what they want. As long as the team stays within the locker room and, and focuses on the next one, then, you know, they should, they should be able to overcome. Dylan, as always, we appreciate the time. We will talk to you next week. And uh, I think most of the fan base just looks to you now. More fasting, more praying, 3-0, and baby. It's all you. You've got the power. Absolutely. All right. Dylan Cauley. All right, Dan. Dylan Cauley took a deep breath, predicted BYU over Utah, backed his guys, and got it right. Now can they double down? Could you bring up an important point there, PK? We know it's a sport of emotion. Been told a million times how important it is. We've seen how important it is. And last time they had a win like this at home, it didn't go well afterwards. No, they lost three, then they turned around and won five. That was a season of streaks. <laughs> it was very crazy. And I think in that South Florida, I think Zach played the whole Toledo game, but got hurt in South Florida. And Jaron came in, and they in South Florida were not very good. He broke his uh, hand against Toledo, and then Jaren, right at the end, right, Jaron started against South Florida, threw a yeah. pick, yes. and and, chasing and him was down. chasing him down, and got hurt right at the end of the game. Uh, so. It's important to back it up, you know. And a lot of emotion was expended. And I just remember that time that uh, the Utes had BYU in his emotional game, and then they went down to Tempe and just yep. got rolled, man. And they weren't even competitive in that game. It was over. It was over early. And I think that was the game Kyle said, you're a Sun Devil, you're, and now you're enjoying this. I'm thinking, ooh, I'm cringing over here. <laughs> I'm not enjoying this whatsoever. So this, it comes back to the emotional maturity of the program, and there's obviously guys on the team right now who were there two years ago and remember what happened against USC. And is that enough to prevent it from happening again or it happens it, again? I, I don't think it happens again. See, the Washington game – now, Washington, I can argue, was better than the Devils. Remains to be seen. It's so early in the season, you don't know. Uh, that was the fourth game, uh, not the second game. When they played SC, they had already uh, lost to the Utes. Uh, they had the Tennessee win, which was emotional. Mm-hmm. Overtime, two. They, they say two overtimes. I just view it as all as overtime. Uh, and then they come back. Now it's at home. But then the Washington game was also at home. It was 45-19. You know, I think it, I think it, Smoke pretty good there. Yeah, got rolled. Uh, so I don't think it'll be that bad. I don't know that they'll win, but I don't think that they'll get smoked by any stretch. I can see where the emotion plays a factor, and maybe we're sitting here next week saying, well, that was the difference in the game. I don't think it'll carry over to three weeks. Because the program's in a better place, the emotional maturity, the coach is more experienced, all that stuff. I don't think it'll get that out of hand. But that doesn't make Arizona State a slam dunk by any stretch. Oh, yeah. I think it's a, you just look at the line. It's like two or three you said yeah. yesterday. So obviously it can go either way. Uh, it's it's a very nice test. The schedule this year is just awesome. Uh, the, all these Pac-12 teams, especially for me, you know, it's what I live for. Although I will make the transition very much easily to following Big 12 in a couple of years. And very it much started like, last weekend. Oh, totally. And now... Yeah, we lock onto these schools. I'm, I yeah, that that's re-energized me. I can only imagine the athletic program. I'm I'm excited for them. Conference games, they just simply matter. I've said it for years that conference games. You take a team that isn't necessarily that good, but it's a conference game. We've seen it a thousand times in the back twelve, back ten. Teams that should not win. It's a conference game at home. They get jacked up, and then they win. We've seen it so many freaking times. And ASU beats Oregon and knocks them out of the playoff. Yeah. 
That's the best, most recent example. Shocking, shocking loss there for the Ducks with a with a great quarterback, NFL dude, and NFL running backs. Maybe you know Verdell was younger than just a freshman. Now he's a junior. He's a stud. And Ch- Die is a stud. Johnny Johnson. Those guys were young. They're still on the still in the program, by the way. Now. Johnny Johnson, of course, you know where he played his high school ball, don't you? Yeah, in the Phoenix area. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to decide whether to guess Phoenix or Thunderbird. That was literally what I was weighing. I'm like, no, it can't be Thunderbird. I'd know if it were Thunderbird. No, we only put out soccer guys. Oh, you do? Yeah. That's it? <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, we'll catch you up to date next.